0: I am Scott Chaloner and this is the Leaders Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. And I'm delighted to say that joining us on the program this morning is Rachel Waring. Rachel, good morning. Thank you for joining us on the show. Morning Scott. Now, Rachel. Just for those regular listeners that may not have heard of her, is the joint managing director at Waring's Furniture, a furniture manufacturing business based in Norfolk, and you're primarily uh, serving the uh, the hospitality sector. Is that correct, Rachel?
1: Yes, we've always uh, for thirty thirty odd years of the company, we've always just focused on that niche sector of uh, furniture provision.
0: So mm. yes,
1: high street dining. Uh, some hotels and pubs, but predominantly high street dining and cafes.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And of course, over the last sort of 18 or 19 months, the hospitality industry has been one of the worst affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. So what sort of knock-on effect has that had for businesses such as yourselves, would you say?
1: It was pretty horrific, actually, last year. Um, March 24th, obviously, none of us will forget that. Uh, We had an off-the-cliff um, catastrophe on turnover. You know, the fe- the telephone just did not ring. So we furloughed every single member of staff on that 9 a.m., 24th of March, apart from myself and Graham Waring. We're joint managing directors. Mm-hmm. And it was a very a surreal moment. Um, just the phones dead, just looking around at each other, thinking, what the heck is this all about? But anyway, we um, to give you an indication of the kind of off the cliff I'm talking about, in the February of that year, our turnover had been £1.2 million for the month. And in April, the following month, our turnover was £60,000. So you can see that Mm. was catastrophic. And the unfortunate thing throughout all of this, including the most recent budget that we've just had, that the support to the supply chain has been lacking. So whilst our clients benefited from grants, and zero business rates, or halved business rates, or mm. reduction in VAT, and all, and all of the things, which is fantastic for them. And I'm really pleased because they were, you know, forced to close. But Unfortunately, there was nothing for the supply chain, and we were equally, you know, if you think about all of the companies in this country that support our highly successful hospitality industry, whether it's the food providers, the drink providers, us as furniture, or you know all the cleaning chemicals providers, all of it, you know we were really left high and dry, it was very very difficult Mm.
0: And with that sort of gap in support from the government point of view, what did it sort of take from yourselves to sort of keep going during this time?
1: Yeah, I have to say we we are rather proud actually of what we how we coped with the situation, Mm. how we approached it, I mean it was you know, it it was dramatic. So from from day one, you know, it it sort of came in stages. So the first stage was okay. Let's the, the first task was let's gain every single um, mortgage holiday um, finance break. You know, just just let's just keep what cash we've got in the bank there, and let's just get in touch with all the finance and get get all of those six months holidays that, that that we managed to get. So that was that was the first port of call. Then it was just trawling through all our live ongoing expenses and just cut every single thing to the bone that we possibly could. You know, we we thorn, uh our vehicles, take them off the road, save all of that. We, we just, insurance, paid it back to the bare minimum, uh, even to the point that, you know, it took over a year for me to start having the milkman delivering milk again, you know. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. literally every single penny counts. And it was actually quite cathartic to go through that exercise because when you've been going a long time various things sort of creep up on sort of monthly subscriptions and you and it's not that it's only in that catastrophe that it makes you go through it all with a fine tooth comb literally getting everything down to the smallest outgoings you possibly can and that and that's stood us in really good stead we did have to have um go through a redundancy program and, and all of my staff were fellows so mm. we had um I had to do that redundancy. We've never, ever had redundancies in our 30-odd year history. So that was um, a whole new process. But, you know, if you're capable of doing it, all all entrepreneurs and business owners, you know, we, we can research and work out how to do everything. So, So, yeah, we did that. And it was very, very sad to lose some very good people. But what we did was we kept our skilled staff so that when the bounce back came, which we were confident it would eventually, uh, we would have the skills um, and then, you know, fill in beneath those as we grow again, which is the, the stage we're at now. Mm.
0: And of course, you have been in the industry for a long time, as you say, I think it's since 1991, isn't it? And it is a shame when at first like having to make redundancies does come around. But sort of looking at sort of the positive and the silver lining in the dark cloud, would you say that there have been some good lessons that maybe this sort of experience of managing through the crisis has taught you?
1: Yeah, yes I think so. I mean one example was before covid we ran seven and a half ton trucks and you know you have to have an operate operated license you have to service those vehicles every few, few weeks you have to manage with the tacos. you have to be we, you know we had a full time member staff who purely dealt with that side of our fleet uh, managing our fleet so the first you know the first thing we did was sawn the seven and a half ton trucks and we just operated on our small three and a half ton trucks and that meant it was easier to manage less expensive you know because it could sit there and we were only managing to do we might have just done one delivery a fortnight for the first month or two you know it was it was just terrific um and actually that proved to be a really good thing because it worked out more cost efficient. And when it came to the current crisis, where HGV drivers are very difficult to get hold of, we mm. obviously didn't need those. And so employing the, the, the drivers of the three-and-a-half-ton trucks is, is much easier. So there have been some positives that have come out of it, and also how we packed the vehicles. So because we were in control of everything again, like the good old bad days, and it was just my husband, and before we expanded to over 100 people, mm. you know, we we were packing those that furniture in the reusable blankets which is good for the environment and also it's cost efficient and we could pack the truck left to right top to bottom and it's more efficient on the fuel and and, and so many things have been good about it so there's always positives there's always lessons to be learned in any in any crisis and I think we've been very good at um, harnessing all of that
0: Mm. And of course, you've made a point of being ready to sort of cash in on the uh, the bounce back as well. And we are in that period of recovery. There's some hard won one gains being um, already secured um, from the economical point of view. Um, In his budget speech just uh, yesterday, Rishi Sunak actually said that the economy was performing a lot better than expected. So is there now some real optimism within your business, especially now that hospitality is back up and running in particular?
1: Yes, definitely. We are really stacked out and we're trying definitely to recruit additional people in some of our some of our roles to, to keep up so yes we've got very high demand i think i i'm hoping that all those at rishi sunak tweets that probably lots of people like me were sending during <laughs> covid saying supply chain supply chain i'm hoping when you came up with the super deduction um it was thinking about people like us because what's happened is obviously the hospitality trade, they, they have got cash at the moment if they're good operators. They've, they've had the reduction in the VAT. They've had good trading because I think everybody realized how much they love, uh, you know, their eating out, going out, socializing. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's a really important element of everybody's lives. And I, and I think that losing access to it made people realize that. So. They, so the good the good operators have got money and also they can claim the super deduction um, for furniture within their businesses, which is fantastic for us because for this financial year, next financial year, that's, that's definitely going to be an incentive for people to refurbish their premises, claim that back against the profits at 130%. That is all very, very good news for us because people are spending and refurbishing and Everybody always loves to go to the latest place that's had a refurb, and it and it's all looking very promising. So yes, we're we're having a very good year so far.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just thinking about sort of the uh, the year ahead of us, of course, there's still a little bit of uncertainty around COVID and uh, whether we will sort of see some form of restrictions uh, coming back. But um, what are you sort of hoping to achieve over the next twelve months? All being well, and where do you sort of see yourselves by this time next year?
1: So. Turn yeah, so we're we're still on the sort of building back to pre COVID turnover levels. Um, profitability is pretty good because we did pair all those expenses back. So we'll have a good profitable year this year, even though the turnover won't be quite pre COVID level. Next year we're expecting to get back to the pre COVID level and the and the the trick that we need to to pull is to not let those expenses run away with us again, try to maintain the controls that we've had um, and supply chain management because inflation is horrendous at the moment. We, you know, because of COVID, we had container prices from, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this lots of times from other business owners, you know, the container prices coming out of China, they went up 10 times pre-COVID levels. Well, that, that extra cost has to filter through um, sometimes in our industry we're signed up on long-term contracts with clients mm. and so we're on a fixed price which we can't change so we're now coming out of those long-term contracts prices have got to filter through to the to the clients which is a bit of a shock sometimes but that is the new reality mm. um, so they, we have the cards haven't quite settled back down haven't been all thrown up in the air um, so we've got to have our wits about us Stay competitive, try to do everything in the most cost-effective way because that's how our clients, that's what we do on behalf of our clients to a certain extent. You know, mm. We try to do everything as cost-effectively as possible so our clients can buy their furniture at the, the least cost to their business because they have to get the return on investment. So it's really important that what we provide is really good value. So that is our challenges, and that's what we're doing all the time. We've got the benefit of the exchange rate improving. Mm. Um, you know, we're we're getting close to 1.19 euros per the pound now. That makes that makes a big difference. We could do with the US dollar exchange rate moving in a similar way, which it hasn't quite yet. Um, but we we are very optimistic.
0: That's really positive and um, just given the well-documented sort of skill shortfalls in some industries um, at the moment, when you're thinking of recruitment, are you expecting to be able to sort of get that talent on board that you're going to be needing as well?
1: That is quite difficult in some of the skills, so the sort of things that we struggle with is um, people working in our uh, joinery uh, department, you know machinery, it's Colleges, we're we're not very good in this country at training up for the um, those sort of hand skills and manufacturing skills quite honestly, upholstery is the same we are, as a country we should be speaking to our business owners, surveying them, you know, all, all we seem to, I have so many Office of National Statistics forms on my desk, but it's all historic and what I want to see from our government is that they ask us about things in advance of time, so why aren't they speaking to us business owners saying, "What would you like to see us investing in training college university all of those things to fill you know what jobs are you struggling to fill and then they then plan their careers advice and college places and invest in training for the businesses mm. and, it, and we're not doing it that way around you know when I get those um, ons Forms and it's historic and it's going to take up five hours of my day to fill in all these forms and you know it's for something that's passed you know business owners don't look at things like that we're looking ahead all the time mm. and I think there needs to be a change in government and in the data that they're collecting I want them to be looking into the future like us business owners have to do it every day
0: Exactly that, isn't it? And that's certainly what the sort of T-level drive needs to do, isn't it? They're looking at all of these new technical qualifications, but the rollout of that, it's been very, very tentative and the offering isn't as wide as it could be at the moment. So a lot of ground certainly to make up there, but hopefully steps in the right direction nonetheless. Um, It's a shame we just about come to the end of our time on the uh, the show today, Rachel, because I've thoroughly enjoyed having you and it's been a real eye opener just looking into some of those key issues that the supply chain has been facing. as we sort of get more of an idea as to what the next year is going to bring I'd love even to perhaps uh, catch up and have you back on the show with us just to see sort of how that situation is unfolding
1: oh yeah that would be a pleasure
0: yes I'd certainly relish that Rachel um thank you once again for uh, joining us today on the show and by all means please do take care and stay safe with all still going on as well
1: thank you very much
0: and to all of our listeners tuning into uh, today's uh, program if you feel that you have your own story of success and of innovation to share then you can apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply it was a pleasure welcoming businesswoman rachel Waring onto today's program and i do hope that all of our regular listeners thoroughly enjoyed the interview until next time i'm off to the westminster arms to raise a glass to outstanding leadership the weekend is almost upon us do enjoy yourselves